All right, so uh, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to spend a little bit of time uh, looking at Colossians. So, Father, we do thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for the kids. We thank you that, uh, like any family gathering, it can be crazy. And uh, we'd rather have kids with us than not have kids in our community. And so we thank you for the kids, and we pray a blessing for the kids. We also pray for your spirit to, to help us just for a few minutes here to be able to look at scripture, to be encouraged, challenged, provoked, uh, to, to really um, have a sense of your, your kingdom and your presence among us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So it seems like every week uh, we're just um, wanting to talk about the elephant in the room. And I think that's because I have always found one of the things I valued about the vineyard was the um, emphasis on authenticity and vulnerability. Like as a kid, that really stood out to me. I, I loved going to a church community as a kid where I knew that people were going to be real and they were going to be honest and they were going to be transparent. And, and so I just think it's important that we do that. And, um, you know, so what I've learned over the years is that people have anxiety and I think it would be honest, we'd all be, um, you know, if we're honest, we all have different anxieties, right? Um, sometimes it's, you know, related to being able to pay the bills. Uh, how many of you can relate to that? Like, oh my gosh, I don't know if we're going to be able to pay the bills this month, right? Like, that's, that's a reality. Uh, or maybe you've got relationships that are a challenge right now, and you're like, I don't know how our relationship's going to make it, or, you know, whatever it is, or just watching your kids go through certain things in school. You have anxiety from that. And so I'm convinced right now that, I mean, at least in my lifetime, the context that we're in right now is the most anxious that we've ever, ever experienced. Like, I cannot remember a time in my life where there was, like, a lot of anxiety just in all of society. Are you with me? Like, would you, like, so I'm now on the assumption, this is because people, you know, all week long, people are like, hey, I'd really like to talk to you about something. I'm like, oh, let's talk. And they're like, yes, you know, this is happening, and so-and-so said this to me, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I had just come to the conclusion that the reason why people are jerks right now is because they're just anxious, and it doesn't mean it's right, but that is really what's happening. And I think what we're going to find is, is a year from now or whatever, or November 5th, whatever, I don't know. Uh, that's a joke. Uh, but, like, we're going to all be like, okay, we're going to look back and say, wow, there was a lot of anxiety, and people handle anxiety in a lot of different ways. So, like, some people uh, experience anxiety, and they might get really mad, or they might get really sad. I think depression, I mean, I, I don't know if you know this, but depression is at an all-time high. Um, there's a lot of different things that are happening right now, and so people are, are wrestling with all these different feelings. And then on top of that, what I've also um, discovered over the course of my life is I've discovered that people handle anxiety in different ways, right? So they, can, they have different emotional outbursts, so to speak, okay? And and there's all these different, different ways that people handle those anxieties, but also the way that people manage them and cope is different too, right? And, and so some people, this is a time where, where um, to be honest, I think this is even a, more important for us to pray for groups like NA and AA, amen? Like there's all-time you know, anxieties and people who have maybe not discovered other ways of dealing with anxieties, what do they turn to? They turn to the things that help them cope. So what do they turn to? They turn to drugs. They turn to alcohol. Uh, also, people will turn to relationships. And, and what it is is people just, just lean into something that's going to help them kind of make it through in their opinion. Are you with me? Like, do you all see this too? Right? It's just, it's just what's happening, okay? And, and so I, I want to 
basically, this morning, I just want to make one suggestion, that I think the best way, the most long-term, sustainable, healthy way to actually handle your anxieties is going to be to lean into Jesus. I, I just believe that with all of my heart. And I want to share a passage of Scripture with you and then also tell you about how I've seen that play out in my life in some really powerful ways. So we're in the sermon series right now where we're looking at the book of Colossians. And we have been talking about um, this concept of, of being faithful to Jesus amidst it, all the isms in the world. And what we're going to see, especially when we get into chapter 2 of, of Colossians, is that there were all these different distractions in the first century in the city of Colossae that were vying for people's faithfulness and, att- and attention. And, and I think it's no different today. Like, we could sit here and we could just throw out all these different labels of things that are trying to get you to be focused on it. And a lot of them are political ideologies. A lot of them are social ideologies. But they're all saying, look at me, look at me. And I'm going to suggest that many of those things, if they're not recognized for what they actually are, can actually be distractions from faithfulness to Jesus. Okay? Amen? You with me? And so I want to I kind of look at this passage of scripture, Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 24, 23, and then just kind of talk about it a little bit. So this is what the apostle Paul writes. He writes, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth, He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church. Christ, let me say that again, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body, He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God, you were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions, yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. So, really quickly, let me summarize this passage. So, this passage is really rich. It's very rich. It's actually, um, the reason why you'll notice uh, on the screen is it's written as a stanza, is because more than likely, verses 15 through 20 was actually a hymn in the early church, and it was probably a song that they would sing in worship. And what you can also see is that it's really rich with focus on who Jesus is. It answers the question of who Jesus is and what he has done. It's, it's very, very much a statement of belief, okay? And so essentially what Paul is saying here is that at the end of the day, we can live in a state of hope and we can have assurance 
because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. So think about that for a really quick like, moment. When you think about the life and ministry of Jesus, it starts with the incarnation. Jesus becomes a human being, and then he lives a perfectly sinless life for 30-plus years. No, everybody know that? Jesus didn't sin? Because there's actually polls out there that there's Christians who are like, he was a pretty nice guy. He was not just a pretty nice guy. He was God without sin. Amen? Okay, so doesn't sin, lives a perfect life. He does what we cannot do. Then he's crucified on the cross, dies for our sins, our brokenness, our failures, whatever you want to call it. And then after he dies, he's buried. And then on the third day, he's powerfully raised from the grave by the, by the presence of the, and the power of the Holy Spirit. But there's more, okay? Uh, 40 days later, he ascends to heaven. And the ascension is maybe something that you're like, I don't know what the big deal is, but what that proves is that his sacrifice on the cross was considered acceptable to God. Therefore, all of your sins and all of my sins, the debt is paid. We are free, and we are free indeed. Amen? Good news, okay? So think about that. Like, Jesus just does crazy, cool things for all of us. Now, here's what I want to just tell you right now. All of those anxieties, close your eyes for a minute. I want you to think about all of your anxieties, all the anxieties that you have, and now, in addition to all of those anxieties, maybe you have fear, maybe you have anger, maybe you've got frustration, maybe you have depression, whatever those anxieties are, now add all the other anxieties of people around you. Think about all those. Here's the good news, folks. All of those anxieties, all of the fears that we have can be completely um, removed by the power of Jesus. Amen? Amen? Like, that's what Paul is essentially saying here, is that Jesus is, is, is supreme over everything. There is nothing in all of creation that Jesus is not sovereign and supreme over. So, when I was a little kid, my, my, dad, my dad was an alcoholic and was also a drug addict, okay? And so, like, as a, little kid, as a little kid, it was, I didn't know all this until I started putting two and two together, but my dad was, was drinking all the time and, and um, was doing drugs, and it was the 80s, and so, like, there was just craziness. And, uh, and as a kid, I, I grew up seeing that, and, and I remember as a kid a couple times where my, my dad would be, you know, totally high and unable to respond, and uh, there was this one time when we were, when my, my sister and I were probably six, seven years old, we went camping in Alaska, this is where I lived, and we went out to, to this, you know, remote location, and, uh, and my dad basically slept the, for three days in the tent while me and my six or seven-year-old sister, like, fended for ourselves, and, you know, I thought that was normal. I was like, oh, this is like how my dad's teaching me how to be a man, you know, and, and I remember, though, like, by the age of eight, I was like, okay, things are not, this is not probably normal. Um, it, this is probably not, you know, normal to, to be in this environment. And my mom and dad were always fighting. And at one point in time, they actually split up. They were like, my mom had had enough. She, had, she was like, I'm done with this. And so she kicked my dad out, and he was going to go, and he was living somewhere. And, and we were all, all the kids were super scared that they were going to split up. And we were, you know, it was super emotional. If you've ever been like this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I was like, man, my, I loved my dad. I still love my dad. I want my dad to be a part of our family. And I was afraid of like, now I'm going to lose my dad. 
and I was mad at my mom, even though now, looking back, my mom was a saint because she prayed and prayed and prayed and was just so faithful to God. But at the time, I was super angry at, at, at my mom, and I was also frustrated at my dad because I, I felt like my dad was choosing drugs and alcohol rather than me and my sisters. And so they split up. And so for two weeks, we were kind of like, what's going on? And then uh, my mom uh, and my dad, you know, had a conversation, and he came back home. And then, as you can imagine, if you've been in this cycle, it was only a matter of time before it all started up again. And it was crazy. And, and then my mom had this really powerful encounter with God. So she has this hope that God is going to do something, but she keeps having this, the reality of it, you know, of seeing the cycles and the drugs and the alcohol, and it's just going on and on and on. And my dad is, is at that time, I think, you know, dealing with all the pain and the, and, the, and the different anxieties that life had brought his way and not coping with it in, in a healthy way. And so my dad, though, was a really successful businessman in some ways, too. And so, um, you know, my mom and dad are trying to figure this out. And my mom goes to sleep one night, and she's at her last straw. She's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what, what I'm going to be able to, to, to do in order to make this work for our family. She goes to sleep, and she has a dream. And in this dream, she sees my dad with all of his party people friends, and he's there, and she saw this hand come out of heaven and just pick up my dad and, like, transfer him to this place um, where he was away from everybody on this, his own island. And so she felt like that was a promise from God, okay? And so a couple weeks later, my dad is going to go to Europe on a normal business trip that was going to take, like, two or three days, and he goes there. And while he's there, this, this business deal ends up taking weeks longer than they had anticipated, and while he's there, he gets to the point where he has no access to his drugs. And later on, he's like, I was trying to get cocaine. I was going everywhere trying to get it, but no, I could not get it. And so guess what happens over the course of weeks of not being able to take drugs? It starts to dry out a little bit. He's like, all of a sudden has the ability to, to think a little bit more and realizes what's going on and then makes a decision to follow Jesus. And I saw as a young kid my dad completely transformed by the gospel. Like, he started going to AA meetings. He started going to church all the time. And it was like I had a new dad. I was like, who is this guy? He, now he won't let me watch R-rated movies with him. What's up with that? Like, now he wants to be a good dad. Where were you? You know, and I had all my own anxieties to work through for the last 35 years. <laughs> but for real. It was like, it was crazy, though, because I saw... This person who, now looking back, you know, because I was, I was six, seven, eight, nine years old, I look back now and I can see that my dad had massive addictions and was working out all these different anxieties that he had, fears, you know, just all those insecurities that, that we have as human beings. And he was working it out by turning to drugs and alcohol and all of those things that go along with it. But here's the good news. Jesus entered into the equation. And so like all of the anxieties that you have right now, all of the fears that the people around you have, and you're seeing it played out all over the place, here's the good news. Jesus is supreme over all things. He's supreme over all things. Like, did you know that COVID was not a surprise for Jesus? Like, he wasn't like, oh, what? There's a global pandemic? 
No, Jesus is sovereign and is at work right now. And so the question that I think we need to continue to ask is, where is God at work in our lives, and where is he at work in the lives of people around us? And how can we partner with what God is doing? Because right now, if everybody is massively turning to all the different things that the world has to offer in order to handle their anxieties, the good news is that we know someone and we know something that can actually bring freedom and transformation to people who are turning to all those things. Amen? And that person is Jesus. Let's stand together. I just, I just want us to really understand how you cannot tell me that God does not do miracles. And you can't tell me that God can't bring freedom from all the addictions that oftentimes have, have you know, um, been what we turn to when we're going through things. And so, like, I don't know specifically what, what maybe your way of coping with things are right now. It might be some of those things. Maybe you're here this morning and, like, no one even knows that you've been spending more time drinking or maybe you've been turning to drugs. You know, you thought you had conquered that, but now you're back in it. Or maybe there's some relationships that you're turning into that are just not healthy. I just want to encourage you to know that Jesus, I'm telling you, can, can free you from those things. And not only can he free you from those things, Jesus can provide a long-term, sustainable relationship that can actually be present for you no matter what you're facing. Amen? And so let's pray for that. So, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence right now. We thank you that you are at work in this room right now. And so I just speak peace right now into this room. We pray for your presence to come right now. I pray that you would remove and replace, Lord, all the anxieties that we have right now with your kingdom, with your love. Pray that you would give us wisdom. You would help us to discern the times that we are living in, that you would give us wisdom and, and, and help us to discern how we should live our lives right now given all the challenges that we're facing. I pray, God, that, that as you would do your work in each one of us and free us from, from things, God, you would also help us in this room to be able to help other people, that we would be a blessing. And Lord, I, I just thank you for my dad. I thank you for my mom. I, I thank you that, um, Lord, I think the story of my mom's faithfulness to praying and, and just continuing to believe is a, is a model for some of us in this room to remember that we just need to keep on keeping on. And I thank you, Lord, that, that as my dad began to respond to the good news of Jesus and his kingdom, his life was transformed and, and the trajectory of his life and the trajectory of my life and my five sisters and, and hundreds of other people have been changed because of, of his, his relationship with you. And so I just pray that that hope, that, we, that, that that story can help each one of us to continue to have hope and to believe and to know that you are at work and that you are still bringing freedom to people's lives. So just with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed right now, I just want to let you know if you're here this, this morning and you have 
some sense of anxiety right now that you want to turn over to God, or maybe you've been turning to different things to cope and to, to manage that, I, I just want you to know this morning that God can bring freedom, and I think He wants to bring freedom. And so I'm just going to pray, and so you don't have to do anything crazy right now. You don't need to come forward. You don't need to raise your hand, but you can, where you're at, you can receive this. And so I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help every single person in this room to be able to receive the freedom that you have to offer for any of the anxieties, fears, frustrations, angers, for the addictions, Lord, whatever they are, God, I pray that you would remove those in the name of Jesus, and that as we stand here, God, and we in our hearts just say we want to turn them over to you, Lord, that you would just take them. And I just sense that. I sense right now in this room that some of you right now, God is, is freeing you. God is bringing freedom from those things in your life. And so God, continue to do that, Lord. And I pray that as we transition out of this gathered space, God, that you would go with us and that you would help us, Lord, not to fall into the anxieties and fears, but to, to respond to those anxieties and fears with the truth of the gospel, the truth of the kingdom, the truth of who Jesus is, the truth of what Jesus has done for us, and the truth of who you say we are. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Folks, have a great week, and we'll see you hopefully next Sunday or this Wednesday evening at 6.30.